After Things is brought to you by Patreon.com slash Weird Things. Thank you for supporting this show. Hello and welcome to the After Things podcast. I'm Intermean, joined by Mr. Bryce Castillo. Hello, everybody. Justin Robert Young. Sir. Mr. Brian Brushwood. Yo-ho! Gentlemen, we're now almost done with the first month of 2022. Yep. Who almost let it be February? Get it out. Get it all out. We're done with this year. Sucks. was, Was that a fast month or a slow month? That was a fast month, I think. You think a fast count? I think it was fast. What do you guys think? I don't know. I feel like, I feel like I feel like it's about right. Yeah. Mostly mostly because there hasn't been a ton of travel. Like like that's usually what makes a month go fast is if there's like a lot of stuff that either I'm like looking forward to a thing and then time sort of zooms to that, or there's a travel and things kind of just get sort of collapsed. So this this felt like also, like uh, uh, this has been a, a, a crucial month in getting uh, World's Greatest Con season two, like mm. ready to go. So I feel like that's been yeah. Get ready big... for the uh, for the hype engine to start cranking up on that. Cranking it. That's a, a phrasing. That's right. We're cranking. We're cranking here well, in Austin, Texas. Let's watch it. We keep <laughs> Austin. We keep Austin. A little, we do things a little differently. Keep in Austin cranked. Uh, uh, but yeah, no, I think it's been okay. What are our predictions for this year? Oh, I don't, I don't know, man. I like, I feel like I'm trying to approach this year with, a f- with freshness. This, if that makes like, as in Bel Air and do- and dopeness. <laughs> in no, and I'm trying to flyness. I I want to give everything a new set of eyes. I want to feel like I can. I'm seeing things for the first time. Or, You're getting you know, new eyes, a new perspective. Well, I okay. Didn't get my contact. Well, over, obviously, but... uh, uh, let's not totally run over Bryce. So he looks at this job with fresh eyes and doesn't <laughs> want to deal with us anymore. Uh, but I, so, but... so I, I, do you feel like you have honored that through 24 days? Uh, I think so. I, I think so. Um, you know, I've been. Uh, I've talked about this on other programs but i've been working on different parts of myself over the past couple of years and mm-hmm. um I don't, I don't know I've, i'm i'm ready to, to like, like tackle mental, the day and, mental self-care kind yeah, of stuff yeah yeah to dealing with you're not you're not, you're not cranium you're, stuff. you're not you're not modding you're up like like a, like a like a boba fed employee i've got i've got a bump i've got bumpy parts of my body but i won't tell you which ones oh, oh. somebody talked to thundercat <laughs> Uh, so I think that's I don't like have a I like I, the only like concrete goal that I have is like I'd like to do three seasons of marbles this year okay. up, up from two um, and other than that just try to I, I don't know find a way to enjoy life <laughs> <laughs> I, I almost said enjoy life again but I mean but it's not like I'm, I'm coming out of the gates of hell it's just you know we're, we're we're all in a new space and I think I don't know I'm Eyes Do you think open. part of it is coming out of mothballs past the pandemic? Like, yeah, like there was absolutely. there was a lot of like, ah, what does it matter? It's the pandemic. I'm not going to put a ton of effort or time into X, Y, or Z. Like, because there's a good amount. What of can that. you do? There, 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 there's a worldwide restrictor plate on everything. 
Yeah, a- absolutely. Um, even even like little things. Like I was working out a lot last year, yeah. and I kind of stopped over the past few months just because I had one little thing kind of interrupt the way that I did that. Um, and I don't know. That was boy. A good is routine. it easy to fall off? Man. It's it is. So that's Where? I don't know. That's my perspective on 2022. I'll tell you what. I I think this. I, I'm almost afraid to jinx it by saying it aloud, but I think 2022 is when um, collectively, culturally, there's a kind of a cultural gestalt moment of, all right, we're going to get back to work. Uh, we're going to get off the couch. We're going to go outside. We're going to go into rehab and we're going to go back to the gym. Uh, uh, if, 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 there are, if there are publicly traded mental health uh, stocks, buy them now. Uh, if they, uh, reinvest in gold's gym, uh, that's, that's what I predict for this year, man. I'll tell you what you, I, I, I would be gun shy on that only because, uh, not because I don't agree, but because I feel like I've been burnt on that prediction since like March of 2020. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I would say prediction wise, I, I do think. I do agree with you that that there is going to be an understanding of where we are in our public health situation um, on a level that we have not seen up to this point. I don't know if people are going to want to go willingly or or unwillingly through it. Uh, now, now, keep in mind, I'm not making a prediction about people showing up at the gym. I'm talking about people signing up at the sure. gym. Sure, yeah, yeah. I, I, and and I, I think. If anything, what we are, what we're going to see is just a, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I feel like I am, I'm for real gun shy on any kind of COVID prediction because it is something that I've just been burnt on so many times. But what about personal outside of the cultural trend? Personal, personal. Yeah. What's, what does the horizon look like for Mr. Young? Oh, Jesus. Uh, busy year, man. Uh, uh, world's greatest con. Well, yeah. Coming up. Two's coming out and we're going to start working on three. Uh, I want to do another silly project in between that. There's another project with a friend of ours that I don't want to talk about that has been put off for a couple months that I want to really get working on, uh, traveling, Doing uh uh on the scene reporting politically. Oh, mid- uh, are midterms this year? Midterms are this year. So that's that would be a lot of travel. And- uh, so yeah, there's at least two or three places that I want to go see people speak at. Uh, live shows for me, Heaton, and Briny together. That's in in the works. Okay. Uh, so a, a lot of stuff. I mean, this would be the most travel. This would be the most like a pre-COVID world. Um, that, that we have, that we have gone through. Um, Mm. so I think that that's, you know, I don't know. I think in general, my biggest thing is just make stuff, be proud of it, release it. Like that's, that's the only, the thing that I think I built during the pandemic that now needs to be protected and, and cherished and, uh, uh, just keep the engine humming and and really, I think I want it to be a really big year for Dog and Pony Show Audio, which is the production company and that makes World's Greatest Con and and everything else. And so, like, uh, that's something where I want to take that to the next level and make it bigger, make it better, make it something that people respect, uh, whether they like, want to or not, want to jam this quality down the uh, the world's throat. 
I mean, I guess ears. It's a podcast. Yeah, I was not saying. Don't want to yeah, eat it. Don't need you it. You could probably hear it if it was in your throat. And it was yeah, loud, exactly. So, I mean, when, when a podcast is good enough, I mean, it, it, it's like it goes into your gullet. You absorb it. Yeah. You, you feel it in your sustenance chest. and calories. <laughs> what about you, Andrew? Do you have any personal perspective on 2022? Uh, you know, there's the trajectory I'm on right now, which is I've got a book coming out in a couple month or two or whatever, which already got a, was, had a starter review from Publishers Weekly, which is good. I've got, you know, I did that, I did that three book deal, which is great. So it means I know writing books, uh, I've continued to work at OpenAI, which has been fun and doing some kind of cool stuff there and be able to, you know, make, I'm always excited when there's something I got to talk about. Cause it's like, you know, some of it's just stuff that has a long cycle of development before it's released. So excited about that. Um, the technology wise, I think, I don't know if it's going to be this year or next year, but I think that, um, I think augmented reality is, I think we're at the hardware point where we're going to probably very close to seeing really good, like AR put on glasses and the ring. The reason I bring that up in this conversation is that I think we're ready for a new medium to play with. And I, I like VR as much as I like VR. If I want to kind of experience to VR, it means walking over to my headset and putting it on. And even though it's a quest, it's really easy. But I think that when you have a device that's like glasses that is easy to access as a tablet or a phone and you're in an environment, I think that could be very cool or blends into your existing environment. And it may sound like, so what's the big deal? But it's like everything we work with around us is a display. And when you can start having three-dimensional things and interact with them and stuff, the way we would do a podcast like this could be very different. You know, you might just sit in your living room and we would see all of our faces appear in front of us and feel like there's presence and stuff. The way that you would interact and do things, you know, when 3D, when virtual objects interact with the real world and you can pick things up and build stuff, you could sit down and build a web server, not by programming, but by picking up blocks and stuff and connecting stuff. Or if you wanted to build a game, you would sit down and put your game pieces onto a game into the game and watch them and say, move like this, move like this, and it would learn and I'm excited about that opportunity of AR because like I see the rate at which AI is, AI is accelerating. It is it is moving much faster than everybody realizes. And that's going to have a spillover effect to a lot of things. And I think augmented reality and VR is going to be one of those places where you're going to get, you know, uh, Facebook just announced today that they've built what may be the largest supercomputer in the world for developing AI. And, but they're also into metaverse and relating to that because they see, they put a lot of effort into like turning 2d photos into 3d images and finding ways of how do you create avatars and presence and stuff. And I see that accelerating a lot this year. This was the first year, this last year was the first year that funding into VR had matched the funding levels from like five years ago. And now you've got millions of people with, you know, Oculus Quest and other devices and stuff. So uh, I see. My, my favorite implementations and the, and the reason I agree that, that we're passing a, an event horizon is the quiet implementation of a really, really good AI uh, in iOS now, if you land on uh, the side home page or whatever, it'll oftentimes have a photo and I'll be surprised to find out it's a photo of, it's a really good photo of me and Bonnie. And I'll be like, when did I take that? And it's like, it's not one I took. It's like, saw this in a text message field. You never saved it. You never favorited it. Mm. This is clearly a really good photo because it has you and this person that I know that you care about in this exciting situation. Uh, so I'm just going to keep showing it to you. 
until you recognize, oh, wait, yeah, no, heart that, favorite that, that should, that's good or whatever. Uh, the fact that that's already been happening, um, uh, you know, we, we've, we've talked before about how uh, I, I used to worry about sorting books, scrap or photos, scrapbook style, but, but I'm, I always imagined that in a far off time, AIs would be good enough to do that for me. They're already doing that, and they're even finding them mm-hmm. where I'm not even looking. They're like, it's, if you go and look at it, like they do face matching, like you would expect from like Facebook, um, but it's all on your device, so it's not going to to the cloud. The the right. image all- recognition when you search, you can search. Like I do this a lot. Like I search license plates, so I can remember my license plate, um, and then it finds it. Or like, uh, you know, show me fires or show me trees or whatever and it, it does a very good job of recognizing those things now. recently i mean uh, in uh, the natural language uh, man the the uh amazon device is very very good at uh i i increasingly get more obtuse and more natural in the questions that i ask it and it just keeps delivering uh even on my phone i'll i'll, I'll ask siri uh, uh there's there was a type of fence that I know I took a picture of while I was out in uh, uh, Tahoe, Nevada, uh, some number of months ago. That's all I remember. And so I, I'll just say, hey, show me pictures that I took around this time in Tahoe. And then and then there'll be like seven of them. And I'll be like, one, two, three, four. Yep, there's that fence. This is the kind, kind of fence that I want. And wow. just that, that behavior, of course, is being noticed and logged and interpreted by the AI. It. It's yeah, absolutely they've they've improved a lot of quietly what's going on there. Google Docs, if you use Google Docs, the suggested complete is becoming really really good. And I knew of startups that were trying to build stuff like that, and some that are trying to build like that. And kind of my advice to them had been just me as a person, but is like uh, don't don't go into a space that Google's really good at and already trying to be good at, and they have Ray Kurzweil <laughs> inventing things for. Figure out a different place, go into carve out a sector or stuff. Because I know people that wanted to do like stuff like autocomplete and Google Doc. I'm like, Google's working on that. Yeah. And 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 not to say that you couldn't make a better thing, but it's going to be very hard to compete with resources because when you talk about a company like them or other large companies when they start pushing out stuff that are AI based, they will spend billions of dollars of stuff and spend many dollars per user to make an experience that's good because they're making a long-term bet and they can outspend smaller companies on that because a small company might be like, oh, it costs us eight bucks per person to have this feature. And it's like, yeah, Apple doesn't worry about that. You know, that's baked into the price of, you know, when they sold, you know, 100 million iPhones and stuff and all that. But there's a lot of opportunity out there still. Yeah. And like little ways, there are still little everyday ways for that stuff to make its way in. Like, talking about the phone example brian like when i get into my car my car has bluetooth built in so my phone knows when i'm attached to my when i get in my car and so it it'll pop up and it'll say hey you're probably going to work you should take this way or hey you're probably going to get lunch you should probably take this way it'll take you this long and, uh, and uh, other weird crossover things where it's like uh hey couldn't help but notice that you have a doctor's appointment uh on this other unrelated app yeah. uh it's coming up at this time traffic is a little bit tough why don't you get started now um and that's not even like um like an activation it's not like i see that alert and i open up my map and i go oh give me directions i know where to go but it's giving me the information of hey you should take this route 
because traffic's busy on this other route that you normally take. Uh, and I, that's, that is a really interesting experience because that is not in an app. That is just the delivery of information. And, and that's the subtle implementation in our personal devices. Um, uh, a more ostentatious example is uh, uh, for my birthday, we talked about the fact that I got uh, uh, this DJI, DJI FPV uh, drone which does really good job of, of hand-holding. I'm still flying it in baby mode, but uh, eventually I'll be able to unlock it and uh, get so good that you, you can go 90 miles an hour and all that stuff. But DJI has such a holistic approach to it that it knows all the local laws, all the no-fly zones, and wow. like like uh, I'm out there flying around and it says, heads up, air, aircraft is approaching. And I'm like, how does it know? And then I pause and I can literally, as if on cue, uh, I can literally hear an airplane flying directly overhead oh, wow. that, that it's just keeping up with. And, and uh, uh, it does gentle corrections. For example, when I'm flying too close to branches, it doesn't, you know, shout at me, do klaxons and stop. Instead, it just, it just you know, it's a little bit like I'm going through tar. It slows it down naturally for me mm. as as I go forward. It's um, uh, it's really astonishing stuff. It's I I like the increasing invisibility of AI from a personal convenience factor. I could be talked. I I, I could be poked into ruminating on on the uh, security aspects of all that. But uh, in general, uh, it just seems like life is getting easier and easier. And there's less and less of the BS to worry about. Apparently, it uses it picks up the transponder signals from the airplanes. Oh, that's amazing! Wow. So it's not, it's not even centralized. It's just straight up it's local scanning the local. Wow, wow, that's crazy. That's awesome. Yeah, ADSB technology. That's amazing. And that's yeah, they are. I have a friend that sells those, and he's just a big fan of that company and how it. And they they just they took an early advantage poured a ton of money into it, diversified quickly into into commercial and those other areas and not just things that were going to be, you know, consumer stuff and, you know, make things you can sell to police stations, things like this, because your markup's way higher and just incredible. I think um, that, that's that's so huge with stuff like that to just differentiate your pro product from your 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 amateur product. Like it's just, yeah, God, it's it's such a boner when you're like, I'm really into this. It's forty thousand dollars because we sell it to the government, and you're like, "Well, that sucks." I'd have three thousand for you. Yeah. Well, and it's the Adobe pro uh, uh, problem, or yeah, maybe paradox, paradox of like, you know, it uh, especially the way it used to be. It was very expensive software, and they didn't care if you pirated it because if you learned on their software, then you would go buy their software when you had money. Which it, I, which is exactly how I've done it. That's how I got into music making with Ableton. I got into Photoshop. That's how I got into Premiere. That's and that's how uh, HBO for a brief while like refused to make it possible by any legal's method. There was to, no to, HBO to, now. To, yeah, exactly. Uh, and so they would enjoy all the notoriety of being the most pirated content on the Pirate Bay knowing that all of it was free advertising for to get people into Game of Thrones. Yeah. I remember watching I for some reason I had downloaded an early copy of the season 3 premiere of Weeds. I was really into Weeds on Showtime and uh the episode finished up and it got to the credits and it said season 3 episode 1 credits. <laughs> it wasn't it, it was uh, oh, an advanced it was version. An, yeah. yeah. It, the, that was, it, had been leaked. The story was that uh, the CEO of Showtime did it on his kid's computer or his neighbor's kid's computer and uploaded those files 
to draw up like attention. Oh, that's amazing. Hmm. Um, and so like, yeah, it, it's not all just direct money making, especially when you have a lot of money in the bank. Crazy thing too is Adobe's as big of a company as Disney. Mm -hmm. Wow. Adobe is a 200 quarter billion market cap. You know just, when, that's how. You know when you uh, do a cable authentication, I believe that is Adobe technology. Yeah. Uh, like they just have that whole network. The they, bridge. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I'm going to go on a little, one more sort of tangent about AI, and that is that working in communications, like I see, I see tons of coverage for stuff, and there is a fear, which can be understandable because, like, it is an unknown technology. The whole reason, like, OpenAI exists is because of what could happen if we develop really advanced AI that doesn't work in our best interests. But there's also sometimes, I don't know how to describe it, but like, I see, I would intentional ignorance or something. Cause like I'll read something where they will go like, Oh, well this can't do this. Da, da, da. And I'm like, that's not the way you do it. You could have done this differently and got a better outcome, but it's like, you were afraid to see that it could do this thing. And then you look at like hacker news, which is a lot of tech people who talk about stuff. When we put out, you know, the codex model, which was able to generate code, like you put it in your VS code, your code editor, and it adds code. We worked on this with, you know, GitHub and we built the model, the engine for doing that. And, you know, now over like 30% of all the code for major languages is contributed from Codex. Um, but when that came out, you'd be like, I'm not going to need it. Maybe it's for amateurs or whatever. But then you watch really high level people figure out how they can be much faster and use this. But there's this fear. There's this reaction. And, and, and it's fine to be skeptical or to wonder if it's really going to be beneficial or whatever. But I see that where people go, oh, it can't really do this or it can't do that. And I'm watching stuff happen on my screen that it's doing the things that people can't say that you know, said that they can't do. And I could prove it and demonstrate it and stuff. But people just really adamant because it, it, it's scary is that, you know, we want to think the thing that makes us special is, you know, Kirk being able to outsmart, you know, Nomad by like divine, you know, you know, what's the negative this or whatever. And it's like you know, what's going to make us special is our relevancy to other humans. What makes us special is that knowing an idea of, you know, knowing people and stuff, but these things are moving fast, really fast. And mm -hmm. if you either, I would, you know, not, I would say that if anybody has any interest or whatever, the more you can learn about it, the better. Um, Cause it's just, these things are already, we, we talked about, we we're still getting over, oh, algorithms determine the things I watch and the algorithms that run TikTok and YouTube are very basic. They are yeah. very, very basic. You know, even Facebook for several years, people thought Facebook had really advanced ad tech. They didn't. They just had such huge volumes of page views. They could be inefficient at it and still make revenue. And then they've tried to get better at it. We're going to see smarter algorithms and smarter stuff and, and ideas like, oh, well, we should have a thing where they should know I should be able to know what my data is. It's going to get to a point where we won't need to know your data. It'll watch, you know, the last three websites you went to and it'll understand enough to, you know, predict you or know to, you. Or, or so. to, and, and, and again, we all want to believe that we're, in, you know, supremely individualistic. And the truth is, uh, demographically, tell me what country you were born in. Tell me your age. Tell me your ethnicity. Let me watch three pages that you've gone to recently 
and and I know exactly what advertisers to pair you with. I mean, yep. uh, and and that's not it's not voodoo, and it's not. They're new. listening to my microphone, though. But it's like <laughs> they're uh, listening to my microphone. Like wow. uh, for I just I said before that I like tennis, and the next thing you know, I got a tennis ad. I got it uh, right after uh, watching my tennis videos. So, so you're you're the type of person who likes tennis and talks about tennis, and you got a tennis ad. How did they know? I, they were listening on my microphone. Uh, and, but, and a part of that is because for so so much data is like dumb data. Like a lot of the reasons that you're like, dumb. A lot of the reasons like YouTube or if you think about like iTunes, iTunes has to have an AI to recommend hey similar music like this. And that's not because that's not necessarily because of hard data. That is like metadata right. of. People who buy people this, who like buy this, these. Tend to like these, and right. you do, an, you have enough of that big data that you can just see the pass. You can see the uh, what are they called when walking past wish pass or uh, um, where people cut corners and they build a path and uh, instead of using the way that they paved it. Yeah, um, but that, it's and, a lot and, of that. And there following have been the like uh, college campuses where they flat out didn't put any sidewalks and they just waited until the dirt paths emerge. Yeah, and well, then they're like, that's where the sidewalks go. The paths. Exactly. Um, and so as data gets smarter, as we get a better idea of like, 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 think about this, like, it's only been in the past couple of years where YouTube kind of knows what's in your video. Like, you don't tell it a lot about what is in your video when you upload something. But now with machine, machine image recognition and transcription, now they can know more about what's in your video and you don't tell it uh, anything. You can't tell it. You can't tell it um, a lot of what is in your video. And th there's also some amount of backtracking that almost becomes like a curation experiment. Experiment, uh, Like, a, uh, for example, uh, if you are a Stephen King fan, I would venture to say that uh, people who have read a lot of Stephen King and then embark upon the Dark Tower journey and see all the crossovers get, in general, more excited about the Dark Tower. So if you're an algorithm, you might recommend books that you know will eventually tie into the dark tower and hold off before you eventually say you uh you might want to try the dark dark tower now you know similar to uh you know watching like part of your frustration with the star wars uh boba fett stuff is, is I, because you've been on a different path i want to address somebody said here i said i don't understand the fear when you work with the AI. you clearly see how much more work is needed i would say that you're you may not be in a position where you're seeing what jobs are being replaced right now when they are and particularly if you look at technology jobs in developing countries transcription was a big thing transcription doing transcription from having people listen to stuff and transcribe it ai transcriptions got to the point where it's really good used to be people you'd, if you had to get a bunch of images and you wanted to remove the backgrounds you'd actually pay people to do that you can download that code from github and run it on your computer right now you don't even use one of these ai services you pay that does that uh summarization article generation there's a lot of copywriting stuff that was outsourced to other places that is no longer being outsourced there so there is an impact right now it, so, it, it is uh, i and, and, and uh, 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 I totally agree that you probably don't see the impact if, if for you live, for example, in the United States, you probably don't know a single person whose job was lost to an AI bot. But meanwhile, uh, 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 the, the emerging middle class of the globe uh, uh, is being squeezed out of, of certain jobs. And that's that's one of the things that I look for. How can we make AI more empowering? How can we help people in that those information jobs find other ways to make use of their skills and whatnot? Because there's an incredible amount of talent around the world, and um, you don't want people to just to be pushed to the sidelines. You want to how can we make these tools accessible, et cetera? Yeah. 
So, gentlemen, picks? Uh. Uh, short pick. Uh, uh, I watched the Dora the Explorer movie, the the Lost City of Gold. Oh, it was great. It was it was really. Great. It was adorable. That's the one where she's like, it's an adult playing her, right? Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, it, it's got huh. strong uh, new Jumanji vibes. If you enjoyed the new Jumanji movies, then uh, uh, it's it's great. Um, don't want to spoil much, but uh, so self aware. So much fun. Uh, I loved it. It was a lot of fun. I can't wait to find out if it's a map. Uh, Is it a map? Is it a map? Is it a map? Is it a map? Let me just say that they bump into a poppy field and a very amusing sequence follows. Oh, okay. (laughs) Where they see the world very differently Mm. from the live action that they had been experiencing. Interesting. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll also share a quick pick. We, we did a movie party stream over the weekend with this, but I watched back to the future for the first time yesterday. And, uh, I was very, very surprised at how much of that movie I had not picked up via cultural osmosis. What, what was the biggest surprise? Um, I, I think, uh, <laughs> do you know what it really was? What? The, the dance, the, the school dance. Because the under the sea dance, the enchantment under the sea dance. <laughs> because I've seen, I've seen all of the other shows that do a, a take on this, mm-hmm. um, and so I guess in my head, so Family Guy did it, and in and the song that uh, the Brian plays is uh, uh, never gonna give you up. Gotcha. And for whatever reason, in my head, it was like, what? What song could they? Is actually it gonna be that they play? Yeah. Um. And so that was a lot of fun, little like weird, like, oh, that's actually how it fits in. That's what it is. Uh, yeah. It was also fun to see genuine surprise when at the end of uh, thirty minutes of exposition, Doc Brown gets shot by the Libyans. Yes. Uh, Bryce goes, whoa. He just straight up got killed. He just got murdered. Not- what? <laughs> <laughs> and like for for it's a- the Libyans. <laughs> Very specific call out to the Libyans, but like you know, for for a relatively early mainstream time travel movie does a very good job of avoiding a lot of the things that we make time travel movies about now of paradoxes and time loops and like it it doesn't even need to. It's not even in that space and it's really smart for that so uh back to the future we i had to watch it on a dvd uh it's it, it's not streaming very many places you can buy it but yeah, yeah. uh did you get the, the 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 trilogy set it is the trilogy set you should also watch the uh, i think on that set they have the video of back to the future the ride the now oh. defunct ride at universal studios uh Ooh. but check that's, it out. that's fun once you watch everything it's uh it's, yeah. a, it's, it's a good time. It says 10 hours of bonus footage. So I'm pretty sure that's on there because that, that was one of the big DVD sets, like the last big DVD sets that, that, that came out that were like, that was like, oh, here's a great cleaned up version, blessed by all the right people, mm-hmm. uh, uh, trilogy set. Nice. Uh, uh, so God, that movie's so good. Just, it, was just, great. It, was I, good. it was great. It was great. It's great. Uh, uh, do you have a quick one? Yeah. Or any righteous gemstones. It's so good, isn't it? Daddy thinks he's a sex man. <laughs> uh, or some kind of sex man. It's just, there's, all right, there's a thing that this show does. It's done it twice where you are kind of constantly going back and forth with the humanity of these characters. And sometimes they remind you of yourself. Sometimes they're, you're embarrassed to think about how much they remind you of yourself. 
Sometimes they remind you of assholes. Sometimes they remind you of broken people. But every once in a while, with Judy Gemstone, you just peel back the wallpaper, and she, in an almost unbroken monologue, explains how she sees the world with such confidence. And it is horrifying, profoundly, <laughs> profoundly effed up. Like, just something that is so screwed up that you're like, what? Wait, what are you talking? Like, that's criminal or like really bizarre like and she says it with such confidence Edie Patterson is one of the greatest comedians of her era on television she is in like just such a groove that like they just set him up she knocks him down and last night had one of those scenes that is just amazing uh, like in in the three way tournament for all star terrible person, she definitely crushed then and earned a victory. But it's not even ter- like it's yes, she's being terrible, and then she admits why her motivations for being terrible, and you're like, I don't know what to do with it. Like as a as a viewer, I'm like, do I feel sorry for you? Like do I think that this is like. I, I you're just befuddled because she says it with such clarity and such confidence. It's great. Mm. There we go. Uh, awesome. Well, that'll do it for after things here. Andrews had to had to bolt out, but uh, thank you for joining us here on another week of programs. It's been after. Woo! Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>